Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Okay, we're going to do that, and, and expect more. The start of the series, it's going to be foundational today, but you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss a week of this. It's going to be powerful, and it really has the potential to be life-changing. I promise you that, so make sure that you're here for that. Have you ever noticed that, that uh, let me ask it a different way. Uh, well, I'll just say it like, have you ever noticed that there, there are very few Christians who, who haven't struggled with mediocrity or or, or what we would call the Christian word for that, lukewarmness, that, that almost every one, of us, every one of us, if not all of us, have struggled with mediocrity in our life, being just lukewarm. In fact, maybe we could term it in different ways of just being a casual Christian. Did you know that, that I, don't, I don't know that I've ever talked to a Christian who, who didn't struggle with mediocrity at some point in their life? Did you know that? Like even... You know, I know I have, I, I know all of my family members have. I know that, that all of you, as I look around the room, I, I'm not seeing anybody, I don't know about, maybe, you, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't know that I'm seeing anybody that has just been, you know, the moment you accepted Christ, you were on fire for God and you never stopped being on fire. You were always just going up and you never, you never plateaued or you never, you know, became very casual or very relaxed. In fact, if you want to admit it, just let's just be honest with each other. Don't raise your hand, but hasn't there been a season in your life in which you just didn't read your Bible like you should have, or you didn't pray like you should have, or you didn't, you didn't act in faith like you should have, or you didn't share Christ like you should have, that you were just a little bit too casual about your relationship with God, doesn't that apply to all of us at some point? I know it certainly applies to me, that there have been just times where you just get, if I term it this way, if you just get, in, you just get into a funk, you know what I'm talking about? And, and maybe it's because of depression or anxiety or stress, just high levels of stress, and all of a sudden, instead of pushing towards Christ all the more, you tend to just say, I'm just exhausted, and, and, and then you, you just start. It's not like you're backsliding, you're just casual, you're, you're just just lukewarm. And I want to tell you something at the very beginning of this, that if that's where you are right now, that one of the greatest ways to propel yourself out of mediocrity and out of being lukewarm is actually using your faith. Because it is hard to be a casual Christian who is using his or her faith. Did you know that? It is hard to be casual in your relationship with Jesus Christ when you are living a life of true faith in Christ. When you're believing for the miraculous, when you're believing for the impossible, can I tell you, it's hard to be mediocre in that season of life. And what I've seen is people who live faith-filled lives, lives that are believing for the miraculous, that they don't deal with mediocrity and lukewarmness as often as others. And I just want to put that out to you, that, that part of it, if you say, you know what, I'm kind of in a season right now where I'm just kind of too casual about my faith or, you know, there's some lukewarmness in my life, some mediocrity in my life concerning Christ. And can I tell you how to get out of that? Not only pursuing Christ, but, but by using your faith, believing for the impossible. And I'm telling you, it will launch you out of mediocrity. 
and into a place where God is calling you. In fact, God is calling every one of us to use our faith far more than what we're using it even now. And I'm gonna prove that to you in scripture. And by the way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you today that you not only have been called to use your faith, but you've been given the authority to use your faith, that that authority has been given to you. And I'm gonna prove this to you in the word of God. It's gonna be so much fun. If you can't tell already, I'm super excited about this message. Like I, 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 I'm just so excited for all of us to grow together like God is calling us to grow. So I wanna, I wanna show you this in Matthew chapter 10, verses five through eight, and then verse 16. It says, these 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. So he's sending out the 12 disciples. And Jesus says, do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. And by the way, that was just for a season of time. That was just in this moment. It was God's assignment for them in this moment. But how many knows the gospel did go out to the Gentiles and to everybody else, right? So in this season of time, he's saying, here's who I want you to target. It was a very specific assignment in their life. He said, verse 7, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. So he told them what to preach. Then he said, do this, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. He's saying this, I have given you, I have given you authority and now I want you to live out that authority in your life. Watch what he says in verse 16. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. And I want you to underline that word sheep. We're gonna come back to that. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. And I want to address something there before we go any further. This is a little side note, but very purposeful. I think it's good for you to know. That Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I, I, want, you to be, I want you to be shrewd, but I also want you to be innocent. There, there is something that, that has been a struggle in the church for a long time. But a lot of people struggle, a lot of Christians struggle with fear. And I've taught you about fear in the past. The verse is, uh, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So the, fear is a demonic spirit. Did you know that? It's an oppressive spirit. It's a spirit of fear. God, it doesn't, and it doesn't come from God. It comes from our enemy. All right. And we are not, since it comes from the enemy, we know that we are not to live lives of fear. We are not to be, we are not to be involved in any aspect of fear. However, in this portion of scripture, Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to be shrewd and I want you to be innocent though. In fact, the Bible says in other places, be, be aware of your surroundings. Like be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, he, he, He's out there seeking someone to devour. Like he's out to get you, Justin's paraphrase, by the way. And I want to I show you the difference between being fearful and being cautious. That God gives us eyes to see what we're supposed to see. And we're supposed to be aware of the enemy and of the tactics of the enemy. And we're to see the enemy coming so that we can confront that in the right way, in, in, in the biblical way, in a godly way. So he's saying this, I want you to be cautious, but don't be afraid. And there's a difference. There's a difference. New song, you are not meant to live your lives in fear. 
but you are meant to live your lives being very aware of the tactics and the schemes of the enemy and the direction that the enemy is coming from in your life. You're to be aware of that, to be cautious of that. To, 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 you're supposed to see some red flags in your life. Did you know that? You're supposed to see some red flags. That doesn't mean you're fear, fearful. It just means you're wise. It just means you're wise. You're paying attention. And Jesus is telling his disciples, I want you to be wise. Your enemy's out there. But don't, but don't live in fear. You don't have to be afraid. New song, you don't have to be afraid. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and a love and of sound, and of a sound mind. Like you can be so secure in the love of Christ and the call of God upon your life, you don't have to live a life of fear, but you need to be cautious, and there's a difference. Okay, now let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1. So Jesus, we have the first one is Jesus is sending out the 12. Now he's sending out the 72. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two of, ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, he told the 72, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you out. Like, underline this, lambs among wolves. And, and again, we'll come back to that. Now, I, I didn't have enough uh, space in, in the uh, sermon notes to give you this, but I want to read the same passage, Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 3 is what we just read. And I want to read verse 9. This is still Jesus speaking. He tells the 72, heal the sick and preach this, that the kingdom of God has come near to you. So I have an assignment for your life. I want you to go out there in my authority. I want you to see the miraculous and I want you to speak the word of God. Now let's go to verse 17 of that same chapter. The 72, after doing this, they returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, if you read that portion of scripture, Jesus never told the 72 to go cast out demons. He didn't tell them that. But guess what ended up happening? Demons came out of people. Why? Because they had authority in their life. They were given authority in their life. And they were seeing the will of God occur in their life and in their ministry because they were walking in the assignment and the authority that God had placed upon their life. Let me say you this. In fact, let, 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 me, let, let me get there in a second because I, I don't want to move too fast here. They said, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus replied, well, duh. He said this, he said it this way, but this is what he's saying. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he's looking at his guys, who do you think I am? Who, when I sent you out, are you surprised that, I mean, I gave you this authority and I was there when Satan was kicked out of heaven itself. Like, of course you're gonna see some things when you walk in my authority. Jesus says it this way, I, verse 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. He's saying, I, I was there when Satan fell. I'm a person of authority because I am God's son. He's part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I was there. And that same authority that I carry, I have given to you. Why are you surprised? because I carry all authority. Therefore, with the authority that I've placed upon you, 
all the things that I would see in my life, you'll see in your life. I don't know why you're surprised at that, he's saying. And watch this. Verse, verse 20, though, he says, however, don't rejoice that spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Here's what he's saying. He's like, look, hey, come on, guys. I'm, I'm the son of God. Authority resides in me, and I handed the authority over to you. And you're shocked when, when, when uh, things happen, the miraculous happens. Well, of course it's going to happen because I'm in you. I've been given, I have given you this authority. But by the way, don't get the big head. Don't become high-minded. Don't become prideful. He says, he says it this way. Don't rejoice that spirits submit to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And you say, what, what's that have to do with me? If you operate in faith like you were called to operate, you will experience the miraculous. But if you're not careful, and I just want to set this tone from the very beginning. If you're not careful, when you start seeing the miraculous in your life or in the life of others, as you pray and as you believe and as you declare some things in faith, you're going to see God show up. But don't you dare, new song, get the big head. Don't become prideful. At the, at the end of it, it's not your power. It's his power in you. And you should just rejoice. Father, I thank you that you and I are in such a great relationship. I just honor you because of that. Father, do through me whatever you want to do. And I know at the end of the day, it's you. And you say, you don't really see that in, in ministry, do you, Justin? I see it all the time. I see it all the time. Let me give an example of this. In, in fact, um, the way I see it the most is when people are people of faith, oftentimes, instead of helping other believers live a life of faith, they actually start looking down their nose at other believers who aren't living the life of faith they've been called to. And they often will say, you know what? Uh, you just don't know what I know. You, you don't understand what I understand. So I'm going to go be with some other people who know how to operate in faith the way that I know how to operate in faith because you're just not cutting it. And they leave the very people that they are called to instruct and to help and encourage and teach to live a life of faith. Why? Because, because they're looking at all the... The people who are not using their faith are like, oh, you're not good enough for me. So I'm going to go to some other people who think like I think. And can I tell you, everybody, that's pride. It's pride. Don't, don't live life like that. Don't live your life as a Christian looking down at other Christians. Get behind some other people who don't know what you know and serve them and love them and encourage them and instruct them and teach them to grow in the Lord. That's all of our calling. We are called to encourage one another and build each other up in the faith, the Bible says. Not to leave each other hanging. Not to say, well, you're not good enough for me, so I'm going to go to another church. No, no, no. We're a family. We stick together. And if somebody doesn't know what you know, start a small group. And teach them. Teach them. Pull some people into your house, even if you don't do it through the church. Just invite some people in our, into your home and say, hey, you know what? I've really been thinking a lot about faith. Why don't, we have some, why don't we have some Bible studies on how to grow in faith? And take some people under your wing and instruct them in the word of God. 
Come on, everybody, that'll preach right there. That's how we're supposed to live life, by helping each other, equipping each other. So what's this? That, number one, that as a follower of Christ, write this down, I have been given authority. That same authority that the 12 disciples had, the same authority that the 72 disciples had, the followers of Christ had, is the same authority Jesus has given you. It's no different. And, and we see it all throughout Scripture that you are not called, you have never been called to live your life as a Christian weakling. You have been called to live your life as a man or a woman of authority in Christ Jesus. Not of your own doing. Not of your own doing. It was given to you by grace. In fact, I want you to write this down, that you are qualified by grace, not by time. You're qualified to walk in authority by the grace of God, not because of a timeline. And I'm gonna show you where that's in scripture. In fact, I've already had you pointed, I already had you uh, uh, circle it, highlight it in your notes. That Jesus calls the 12 and he says, I'm sending you out. I have an assignment for you. I want you to go fill it. And he says, by the way, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. But then he calls the 72, the people who had not been with him as often, as much, for, or as long as the 12. And he calls the 72 to himself and he says, by the way, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. You know the difference between a sheep and a lamb? Sheep, they're old. Lambs, they're not. And watch this. Some of you have been sheep for a very long time. But we got some lambs in the room. And you're very young in the faith. You're very young in your relationship with the Lord. And hear, hear me, hear me, hear me. This is the point for the day. That you are qualified by grace, not by time. That the same authority that I have in my life as a long-term follower of Christ is the same authority that you carry in your life. I don't care if you've been saved for 10 minutes. If you became a Christian 10 minutes ago, if you became a Christian during the middle of our worship service, you carry the same authority that I carry because the same Christ who dwells within me is the same Christ who dwells within you because you don't have power on your own and neither do I. It is a grace gift from God. Some of us are sheep. Some of us are lambs. All of us should be people of authority and people of faith, all of us. It, well, Pastor, you're saying that I can pray and I can believe for the same things that you believe for? Well, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's exactly what I'm saying. Why? Because I don't have any power except Christ in me and the Spirit of God in me. And it's the same Christ, it's the same Spirit of God that dwells within me that dwells within you. So the same power I have in Christ you have in Christ. Well, well, I just, Pastor, I just think that you're more of a person of faith. If I am, it's because I've chosen to be, not because I deserve to be. 
I'm going to say it again. I'm a person of faith because I've chosen to be a person of faith, not just because I deserve to be. Because none of us deserve Christ in us, the hope of glory. None of us deserve that. It's a grace gift, the power, the, the, the infilling of the Spirit of God, the presence of Christ our Savior in us. It's the grace of God being made known to us. And it applies to you no matter how long you've been a, a child of God. I have no more authority in my life than you have in yours when it comes to faith. Now, in, this, in a position as a pastor, sometimes there are levels of authority I carry, but it has nothing to do with faith. It has to do with position. Does that make sense? Okay, because that, that's a sermon for another day. I love this verse, 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children, are from God. Dear, dear what? Dear children are from God and have overcome them because, here's the reason, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You're an overcomer. New song, you are an overcomer, but not because of your power, but because of his power at work in you. Come on, everybody. You should have amen way louder than that. See, that's, that, should be, that should be hope welling up inside of you. Whoa, you mean I can believe for the impossible? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You, you mean I can see the miraculous? Absolutely. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's the grace of God. It's the power of God, not your own. So what's this? I would, I'm going to show you something else. Number three, my authority is attached to my assignment. My authority is attached to my assignment. So Jesus is calling out the 12 and he's calling out the 72 and he says, listen, I have an assignment for you. And by the way, as you fulfill this assignment on your life, you're going to see the miraculous take place. You're going to see it. It's going to be phenomenal. Let, let me say it another way. In fact, it's number four, that when I live out my purpose, I will witness God's power and provision on my life. That when I live out my purpose in Christ Jesus, his power and his provision is going to be made known. So, so he's talking to these people and he's given them authority, these, these followers of Christ. He's given them authority. He's given them an assignment. He says, by the way, when you go out and do these things, don't be shocked. The miraculous is going to take place. And at the end of it, though, don't become prideful. Don't become prideful. Just rejoice that you're in a right relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So our hope, any power that we possess in our life, it comes from Christ and him alone. And when Christ comes in, the power, presence of God, and the spirit of God come in. And we are changed. And we have been given an assignment. And as you live that assignment, you're going to see God's power and his provision on your life. My question is, are you living out your assignment? That's a great question. I'm gonna, I'll, let me say it like this. People who rebel against the assignment of God in their life, 
people who are not walking in their purpose, people who have embraced lukewarm living and mediocrity in their life, they're not going to see the miraculous. Why? Because they're believing for nothing. Come on, everybody. I think about this. When, you were, when, when, when was the last time that you were just a mediocre Christian? And hopefully, by the way, it's the last time. But the last time that you were a lukewarm, mediocre Christian, that you were a casual Christian, during those, during those months or those weeks or those years, did you, see the, did you see the power of God showing up in your life over and over and over again? Can I tell you something? That I have seen the miraculous in my life, and as I have looked back, I have seen the miraculous in my life and in the life of this church. When I was living for the glory of God, I was living out my assignment and I was believing for the miraculous. And all of a sudden, one after the other, after the other, after the other. You know, when my wife and I, when back in 2004, when the Lord called us to start this church, we, we just kept experiencing the miraculous over and over and over again to the point that we ended up just starting to write this journal and just recording every little miracle and then some really big miracles that happened in this journey as we were living out our assignment, everybody. We saw as we were living out a purpose, God's power and his provision were just seen time after time after time after time. So much so that we thought, we gotta write this down. Like, it's just nonstop. It just keeps happening. And can I tell you, for the last 19 years, New Song is now 19 years old. For the last 19 years, we have not stopped seeing the miraculous over and over and over and over again. God continues to show up over and over and over again, doing things that we could never dream of or imagine. Here we are, just having built this auditorium, this building about six years ago now, are already, you know, we've already hired an architect and we're, we're getting bids from contractors for an expansion because we, we just don't know where to put all the crowds. We, we don't know where to put all the people. How many know that's the miraculous? And, and God provides for that, by the way. I'm not nervous about that. God provides for that. Why? Because when you live out your assignment in Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus shows up over and over and over again. And some of you aren't seeing the miraculous because you're not living out your assignment. You've walked away from it. But the call of God is without repentance, meaning he never, he never says, oh, I shouldn't have called you. He never says that. You're called by God to make a difference in this generation for the glory of his name. And if you don't know what your assignment is, can I tell you, join me and live your dream. I start a small group soon. It's on, it's on, on our website. Just, or, or call the church office. I want to be part of Pastor Justin's group. And I'll, I'll help you discover your assignment. I'll help you. This is part of my job. It's part of my, my calling as a pastor. So when you live out your purpose, you'll witness God's power and provision. Number five, faith. Then, this is this, what this series is about. Faith is used to exercise the authority that you've been given. Faith is used to exercise the authority because now you've all, you are all, if you are in Christ, you are a person of authority. You are a person of authority. And the way to exercise that authority in your life is through faith, is through faith. And in fact, the Bible says it this way, and we read it through, throughout the scripture over and over and over again, that we are to live by faith 
We are to walk by faith. That the life of a Christian is actually a faith-filled life. When's the last time that you, you truly used your faith? That you truly believed for the impossible? That you truly believed for the miraculous? When was the last time? Because you should be believing for something right now that hasn't come to pass yet. You should be believing for it right now. You should be believing for some family members that have walked away from God, believing for them to come back into a right relationship with God, believing for provision, believing for healing, believing for restoration, believing for marriage restored. Come on, somebody. There should be something in your life that you're believing for. And faith is how you exercise authority in your life. You've been given authority. Are you exercising it? Pastor Larry Stockstill always says, we gotta stretch our faith. We gotta exercise it. We gotta exercise it. Let, let me show you this in scripture. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. And these signs will accompany those who doubt. No. These signs will accompany those who believe. These signs, you can say it this way. These signs will accompany those who exercise their faith. Watch. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Like you're going to see the miraculous when you exercise your faith. What's what Matthew 17 says? He replied, because you have so little faith. Well, what's he referring to? He's talking to the disciples. Hey guys, you've got a, you just got, you have little faith. So what he's talking about is this, per, this dad brings a child to, to the disciples and says, there's a, a demon possessed. And the disciples can't do anything about it. But Jesus does. The demon comes out. And the disciples say, hey, Jesus, why couldn't we? And Jesus looked to them and he says, because you have so little faith. He says this, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If what? If you just have faith. You cannot tell me that faith is not important in the life of a believer because Jesus speaks about it over and over and over again. And in this case, he's looking around if, and again, for those of you who go, will go to Israel with us next year, Jennifer and I have already gone. Uh, we went a few years ago. And Jesus, no doubt, is standing in a location. And if you're in, if you're in Israel, especially in this area, you would look around. And there, there, are, there are mountains all around Jerusalem. There's all, all around the Sea of Galilee. They're, they're just everywhere, everybody. It's a very kind of desert environment. And, and no doubt, Jesus points out the biggest thing that he could see at the time. He, he looks around and is like, what's the biggest thing? What's the biggest example? How about that mountain? Hey, guys, you see that mountain? Yeah. If you say to that mountain, the biggest thing that you could look at, if you say to that mountain, be moved from there to here, it'll be moved if you have faith. And no doubt in that moment, oh, Really? Jesus, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's a mountain. It's been there for a really long time. And Jesus says, yeah, no, I know what it is. 
In fact, I chose it on purpose because you need to know the bigness of your faith determines the bigness of your miracle. What type of faith are you using? Because the bigness of your faith determines the bigness of your miracle. And he says this way, and if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, that's huge faith. Big enough to move mountains. Because if you're saying, well, pastor, I don't have much faith. It doesn't take much faith. It just takes some. It just takes some. You mean I can just believe for the impossible? Yeah. Because Jesus says, actually, nothing is impossible with God. But, but Justin, that's, that's impossible. No, you've got to get the word impossible out of your vocabulary because nothing is impossible with God. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, number six, all glory belongs to God. I'm going to read out of Acts 19, verse 11. It says that God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Let me say it this way. Paul was not a miracle worker. God is. Let me say it, let me say it another way. You are not a miracle worker. God is. And he'll work miracles through you, through the faith that you exercise. Am I helping anybody out today? Through the faith that you exercise, he'll work miracles. Now watch this. Verse 13, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed, and they would say, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who in the world are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all, all seven of them, and he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. And when this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ was held in high honor, in high honor, that at the end of the day, first of all, you need to be in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to be in true relationship with him. And if you're not in relationship with him today, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. But the second thing is that your life should be lived out for the glory of God. If you're living your life for your glory, something is wrong. Somebody came to me a while ago now, and they said that the Lord had convicted them, and they said, Pastor, I just want to tell you that the Lord convicted me. I said, well, talk to me about it. They said, you know what? For years and years, I had my eyes set on this certain vehicle, this some like $70,000 vehicle. I, I, just, I, just, I just wanted it. I just, I just, everything that I was just thinking about it all the time, everything I was doing was I just had to have that vehicle. 
They said, the Lord convicted me. And I, I said, well, how? how? What happened? Well, I realized that I wanted that vehicle so that I could look good. I wanted people to notice. Because in my world, it was, I'm successful if I own that vehicle. And I wanted people to affirm my success. And I said, well, what'd you do? Well, I didn't buy it. Why, why not? Because I was living for my glory. And I realized I needed to be living only for the glory of God. I was trying to make life about me when ultimately I really want it to be about him. I want to ask you a question. Do you want life to be about you? Or do you just want it to be about him? And my wife and I, we've made a determination in our life years and years and years ago. We just want our lives to be all about him and not about us. And in that, God ends up blessing us. God, God there, there are some things that I've wanted to do for a long time that God has just has allowed me to do. I never thought I'd have a chance to do it, but I've, I've gotten to do it. In fact, I just got back from Colorado for something I wanted to do for a long time. And if you know what I went out there for, I was very successful. That's all I got to say. All right, everybody. That's by the grace of God. And you know what? I still would have been happy had I not taken that. I still would have been happy because I lived my life for the glory of God. And God still somehow, he just blesses us in return because our hearts are right. Our motives are pure. And God, God will pour out blessings upon you. You don't have to worry about taking care of yourself. God will take care of you. And he knows how to produce in you a joy like you have never known before. But live your life for the glory of his name. Live your life for the glory of our Father. Represent him well. And Jesus tells his, his followers, he says, listen, I, you're going to see the miraculous. But rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that your name is written in heaven. That should be the joy of your life, new song. Oh, I'm made right with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. All is well in my world, and I have joy because my future is secure. You received the word of the Lord today, yes or no? So would you stand up with me? I'm gonna ask that nobody moves around, not even dream team members. When we end services, I like to give an opportunity for anybody who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you never trusted in Christ, truly trusted in Christ, the Savior, the only way to heaven, the only way to the, to the, home, the only way to the Father is through His Son Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, the life. There's no other way to God except through Him. That's what the Bible says. And it's, he, he made it so ridiculously easy. He did, the, he did the hard thing for us. He took our sins upon himself. And he paid the penalty of our sins on the cross. See, the wages of sin is death. How many know Jesus died for us? He took our sins upon himself and he died. So that you and I wouldn't have to. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be made right with God through Christ Jesus. You will be, as we say it, 
saved. You'll be made new. And you're just a prayer away from it. The Bible says every single person who calls upon the name of the Lord is saved. So if anybody calls upon Jesus, say, Jesus, save me. He always says yes. He always says yes. Have you done that? And if you haven't, I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you out. I just wanna know, are you in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ? Have you trusted in Christ Jesus for salvation? And if you're ready to do that today, and you just haven't done it yet, but you're ready to do it today, I'm, all I'm gonna do is pray with you, that's it. I'm gonna have you raise your hand really high. Let me see who you are. Is there anybody in the room? Raise your hand. Okay, I see those hands. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, thank you so much. You can put your hands down. I'm so proud of you. Now I'm gonna pray a prayer. Remember, this prayer is not about the words that you say. It's about the heart that you present before God. And it's a prayer that goes something like this. Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a savior. And according to your word, you said every single person who calls upon you shall be saved. So to the best of my ability, the only way I know how, I am calling out to you, Jesus, for salvation. I'm asking you to make me right with God. I invite you into my life and I surrender to you. And today, and for the rest of my life, I am trusting in you and in you alone for salvation. I know I cannot earn it. I simply believe in you. And now I make this confession of faith. Jesus, you are Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And now at this moment, I'm made new. The old is gone and the new has come. That's what your word says. That now I am in Christ. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching. We hope you tune in next week.